Greetings and welcome to episode two of the Heavy Metal Bebop podcast, a series of conversations about jazz and metal. I'm your host, Hank Schiemer. First of all, thanks so much to everyone who checked out episode one with Dave King. I got some wonderful feedback on that one and I really appreciate everyone that took the time to listen or comment. I should mention here that the podcast is now live in iTunes, so I encourage you to search for it there, subscribe, and if you're so inclined, leave a rating or review. You can just uh, type in Heavy Metal Bebop into uh, the iTunes podcast section. You should find it pretty quickly. So our guest this time around is Kate Gentile, a drummer composer who put out a phenomenal record in 2017 called Mannequins that really caught my ear. And that was Kate's first album as a band leader. And honestly, you don't hear many debuts that sound that assured or advanced. So if you haven't heard it, I highly recommend checking it out. She's also got projects going on with Matt Mitchell, Dave Douglas, and many others. To learn more, go to kategentile.com, K-A-T-E-G-E-N-T-I-L-E.com. So I had read a little bit about Kate's metal interests in other interviews, and uh, not too long ago, I ran into her at a show at St. Vitus in Brooklyn by the German death metal band Defeated Sanity. So I wanted to learn more about her interest in this area. And we met in December of last year and had a really fun in-depth conversation about her starting to play double kick drums, uh, where her interest in extreme metal began, her love for Tony Williams' playing, and a lot more. So let's get into it. You'll hear a little bit of the piece Cardiac Logic from Mannequins, and then after that, my conversation with Kate Gentile. fired up if that's cool sure yeah um but i mean honestly like since we were talking about the double bass thing like it, w- would you mind if we just like talked about that yeah sure this, i mean because i'm i'm just interested in like what led you to wanting to do it what are you trying to do with it is it going to be used in your music in the future or, like what's happening yeah there? yeah okay so i guess i i just have been hearing that sound and imagining it in like you kind of mentioned earlier the unmined territory with like like all the space between uh, i you know i hate these words but like jazz and metal and yeah i think there's very few people i can think of or instances where it's really being explored like i mean there's weasel walter there's some weird music and you know that's not quite metal but that uses double pedal but I just think that, like, I kind of want to hear it with the kind of rhythmic stuff that I'm doing, like certain polyrhythmic things and with certain harmonic material. And yeah, so I just, I just decided I wanted to figure out how to do it. And I'm, I'm at the very beginning stages. I'll say, I'll say that. So, so in, like in your, in your life up to now, like what would be the time that you had spent with the double pedal? Like nothing at all or, or? Um, I did. I did a really little bit, maybe like a decade ago. I was living in Toronto and I was playing with this sort of experimental metal band that I uh, I won't name because I really don't want anyone to look it up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I was kind of just you know like stomping or playing heel down, figuring out just some really basic, 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 basic coordination. And 
it didn't call for anything really fast. There was no blasting. It, it, yeah, so it, th there was that, but then nothing for years. And then recently I just started sort of delving into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Was there was there like certain listening, certain seeing shows or recordings that you were like, that something went off and you're like, I, n I need this in my playing now? Like, what was it? Yeah, I mean, just, just listening to metal, a lot of like br brutal kind of technical death metal. Uh, I usually listen on, I like to shuffle everything. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so much. Sometimes I'll pare it down and I'll just shuffle like five bands. Sometimes I'll just do like my whole metal library or, and I think it's really interesting to hear you know the the contrasting sounds between a lot of bands just to create like points of reference in your head but um yeah so it wasn't like one band or anything that made me want to want to do it it's just i think hearing that sound in general but also being really absorbed in my own music and just it's not something i'm trying to force it's just this like n sort of naturally like i'm just i feel like i'm just kind of naturally hearing some of these sounds mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so like, like even in the context of like, say, the quartet, like you, you, you might want to bring that in. I mean, do you, do you think that it would, do you think that it would change the way you compose, or it would more just like open up the way you're improvising or playing? Um. Well, I I already have started using it in my quartet, but we haven't performed any of the music yet. Right. So okay. It it doesn't it doesn't exist outside of the rehearsal uh -huh, room yet. Uh -huh. In fact, we've only had one rehearsal <laughs> with with that music, with double pedal. Um, I've been writing sort of specific drum parts for myself, just as like etudes to help me learn how to, how to just, you know, play music and make up drum parts the same way I would if I was just, you know, reading a chart and just deciding how to orchestrate everything on the spot. But I'm I'm just sort of writing out like different versions of of ways I could play certain material that has like weird tuplets or polyrhythms, um, sort of like grafting blast beats onto those rhythms, um, just just to work out different different things that I wouldn't be able to do without practicing them specifically. Mm -hmm. And there's not mm -hmm. like existing I don't know of anything that's like here's how to practice this music i wrote you know because it's not right you know it's not normal rhythms or whatever sure sure so so in terms of like in terms of like the technique of double bass though are you have you been doing any of the thing like going on youtube and looking at these blast beat tutorials or that yeah, whole culture uh, so i've been doing this uh nine <laughs> this nine week program by this guy martin who uh i heard about through alex cohen and i'm on on week five uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sort of learning like this really organized technique mm, cool yeah it, this isn't that guy that's sort of like blast beat instruction guy on youtube is this the guy you're talking about i think he's I um i don't know german maybe there's a guy on youtube that's like so this is this is specifically double bass not blast beats yeah Okay. Okay. Just like, yeah. just like how to play double bass fast type of thing. Yeah. It's just sort of, it's just supposed to be a comprehensive thing that you can do in nine weeks or at least mm. get started with and know what you need to do by the end of the nine weeks. I don't know if you're expected to be able to go from being a total beginner 
to playing like you know 300 bpm right 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 uh yeah and i mean he has one for uh for your hands like faster single strokes and stuff but i just i kind of just need it for my feet right now although i mean i could i'll probably do the the hands one eventually but you know the weakest thing first so yeah i mean most of what i need for my music for what i'm hearing right now is sort of mid-tempo chops which is more about control controlling like your your calf muscles i mean you know this you know this stuff yeah well i mean sort of (laughs) but i i think a lot of a lot of the music i listen to is just like shredding blast double pedal where it's like over 200 uh like 16th notes at, at 200 bpm which is how everything's measured in metal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 16 yeah. <laughs> notes. <laughs> hilarious. Um, yeah, so it's... I'm All the... The elasticity in the rhythms that I'm interested in make it really tricky because you're not just, like, locking into one muscle thing and going. It's like you're just... You're switching between these muscle groups really fast. So it's it's kind of tricky. Yeah, it, it's interesting like to think about that because it like you're saying in music that has a little bit more fluid type of rhythm. I mean like so much of that stuff in the death metal is I mean it's like metronomic, you know, it's basically like you're either like turning it on or turning it off and it's just like, you know, it's just like going. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like I mean there's some I guess there's some of those bands where it feels a little more chaotic, maybe like I don't know, like Cryptopsy or R- Revenge or something like that, where it's a little more yeah. out of control, kind of. But for the most part, it's like, it's almost like you're just dropping a metronome, like at that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or even if it's like a lot of tempo changes and there's these different things happening, it's, a, it's like sort of one thing at a time for like at least a couple measures that you can sort of. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like I don't think I've ever heard anyone like, let's say the way, like whatever Tony Williams brought to the, the rest of the drum kit. Like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody use double bass in that kind of fluid way. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm sure it, I'm sure it exists. And well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, like we were saying before, like, like it, it's, it seems like there's unusually much to explore. Whereas the drums are so, it's almost like everything's been done or it seems like it has or something, but like this using double bass in ways other than just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's like, there's seems totally. like there's a lot of possibility. Oh yeah. And, and like yeah. improvising with it. I, I want, I want it to be part of my, you know, my language. Yeah, for sure. I mean, not my language, but like the language. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So, I guess like have, like playing that so far have there have there been like sort of like breakthrough moments where you felt like you were really starting to something was clicking and you really yeah. started to get it early on with just some of the basic uh being able to just like use your calves without using your upper leg at all um and then and then can you know contracting your upper leg muscles hip flexors and quads and using your calf muscles and then not using your calf muscles at all and just using your upper legs mm. like just getting those motions um really like having like control and awareness over which thing is happening and then 
particularly controlling your calf muscles, which I think is the hardest thing to like, you know, work up, up or down the metronome ladder and, and really be able to play it like not just 150 and 180, but all the tempos in between. Right. That's, that was something that as I've been starting to get it, it's like, oh, okay, like this is how I can do it. Yeah. But it's still, I'm at the beginning, like very, very beginning stages of all this. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to hear like where that will go. It sounds like a cool like path to, to be on. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like a, a percentage of the new music I'm writing for my quartet will have double pedal. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, so yeah, I, I guess, um, I guess, I mean, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. I, I guess I'm curious to know, okay, so, so I believe the last time I saw you was at this Defeated Sanity show. Oh, yeah. Um, which was a Vitus in, I don't even remember, earlier this year, right? I think, I think in Maybe, May, I don't, May or I've something. Maybe, I've lost track. Yeah, anyway. Um, I guess I was curious because that band has come up, I mean, it's come up in other conversations I've had with people. It seems to be you know, among musicians, whether it's jazz, metal, whatever, that band has become kind of like a, considered to be like a vanguard band. I think people are thinking of them as like, they're on the forefront of something. Um, and I yeah. guess I'm curious, you know, how you came to them, what what makes that band stand out, how you thought about the show, just anything, you know, any thoughts you might have about about that. Yeah, I mean, they're, like, compositionally they're pretty interesting and they have a really, you know, their sound is, their sound is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think Lil has a way of playing. Like, I think he thinks of things at the drums that not a lot of other metal drummers think of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And some of it's kind of subtle. Like you almost, you're not even really thinking about it until you really pay attention right, to it. Right. Right. So yeah, I mean, they just, it's one of those things where they, they come up on shuffle and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, was, was, was there, I'm curious about like where they arrived for you in terms of your familiarity with that genre as a whole. Did you already have a foundation listening to, you know, say suffocation or some of the stuff that they might be coming out of, or oh. was it more like you, they just came out of nowhere and that was like, you were exposed to that? No, uh, I guess they were maybe within the first 10 to 15 bands I heard. Okay. Metal bands. Right. Okay. Uh, the first one was, this is so typical, uh, in college, Meshuggah. Right. And then, and then I didn't really, it's, it's really, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, pretty new to this. Like all the other people you've interviewed have like 10 years of listening on me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just like maybe th- between three and five years ago. Gotcha. Yeah, so... Yeah, I guess the first bands... I'm trying to think. Malignancy was pretty early on. Uh, Crowpath was one of the first bands I started listening to, who actually recently I've sort of dug back in. Uh, I think they're pretty happening Agoraphobic Nosebleed, Pig Destroyer, uh, Napalm Death. I guess maybe Grindcore was was sort of the way in for me. 
and then some of the more brutal stuff after that deeds of flesh uh immolation and incantation both of those bands early on they were some of the first ones brutal truth um dark throne mayhem Yeah, I think those are... And, and Cryptopsy, too. Right, 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 right. Yeah, Cenotaph and Wormed were more recent, maybe within the past year. I, I don't, I've lost track of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so so you're saying, like, three to five years ago, this stuff sort of, like, coming into your orbit, like, earlier in your life, like, what was your first exposure to anything... You know, I'm not, it's, I'm not saying it has to be Death Metal or Grindcore, but, like, anything, like, you know rock heavy rock like that that whole like you know was there like nirvana like things like that or yeah i mean when i was in middle school maybe like green day but right. I, I didn't really know a lot of cool music for a long time even in high school the, the bands that i knew were very limited i didn't own a lot of cds i didn't have like friends that knew a lot about music that were showing me cool stuff um it was kind of just like jazz from my drum teacher for a long time huh. until college and then even then it was a little limited because it, it was sort of like the minority of people where I went to school were into things that were not like bebop and traditional jazz right like if you liked Ben Maunder that was like whoa you're <laughs> really different from everyone right 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 right, right, right. <laughs> it was really weird yeah. so uh yeah, I just I found out about a lot of stuff really late. So so growing up though, I mean in terms of like like wanting to play the drum set to begin with, like like were there certain like like where was that coming from? Were there were there, like who who were the drummers in any genre that were like leading you to want to play? Um I guess Tony Williams was probably one of the biggest ones and he you know, he's still maybe you know, if I had to pick a favorite drummer ever, would be high on the list of um, considerations, if not, you know, it would probably be Tony, actually. Uh, although I, I hate trying to rank things that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know if I, if I have a good answer for that. I, I don't know. I've always, I've always just kind of, I played some other instruments before drums, and I, I that's just sort of what... I think I like the, the physicality of it, and I like thinking about a lot of the things you have to think about when you're a drummer, which is often the rest of the music as a whole. Like, as opposed to... Yeah, I mean, everyone should be thinking about that, I don't know. But did, I don't know if you but know you, what I mean. I, I, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a good answer. Other but than but that. like like so, was Tony Williams? Did he come along at a point when you already had a framework for like other jazz, and you're saying, yeah. "Oh, Tony is different because of these reasons." Like, yes. Was it like, yeah, because I, I mean, I had I had heard kind of blue, and then heard Tony, and it's like, okay, <laughs> that's sure that thing <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's the thing <laughs> right yeah. well what was i mean can you can you how would you describe what like i think we both know probably in our head like how we would yeah just like with the second miles quintet like 
being like kicking the band in the ass and playing with fire and being inventive and in the moment and all that stuff. Sure. Being totally free with what he was doing within these forms too. I mean, yeah. So was that a kind of thing where, and you said maybe your teacher exposed you to that stuff or? Uh, yeah, I guess. That's it. So long ago, I I don't, I I guess I was getting fed different, different records from different places. And I don't, you know. Sure. But like, was it a thing where, were you uh, like far enough along in your abilities at that point that you were able to like hear Tony and be like, oh, let's start working towards how I can like incorporate some of that or maybe learn, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that was a lot in the, in the period where I was very much transcribing drummers and memorizing language, trying to just assimilate and not really working on my own, like figuring out my thing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like there was a really long period of just transcribing and copying, which I, I think is good. I sure. mean, there's, there's so much to be gotten out of that. Yeah. Were there like like was it? I mean, who would who would have been some of the other drummers at that time? Like that you'd be checking out. Uh, well, I have. I mean, I still have all my transcriptions, and I have like this binder that's about this thick, and maybe a, th- a full third of it is Philly Joe. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> weirdly weird proportions, maybe. Uh, a lot of Bill Stewart, just because. He's so clean, and it's really easy to transcribe him. And I think right. <laughs> that's like a thing. Like you know, jazz drummers transcribe Bill Stewart, uh, Elvin, Tony, um, Max, Roy Haynes. Um, a lot, a lot of random. Yeah, I. It's there's. I'm sure there's there's a bunch more. I'm just. I don't remember exactly who I. Transcript, which you know, that's the point. Like, you're not trying to still remember and hold all of this information in exactly. your head. It just has affected, like, wh- how I how I play now. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, like, was that based on? Was that like a specific thing that your teacher was like, you know, requesting you to do in high school, or was this more later in music school? Um, like, or, or were you just well, doing I, it? Your own? I mean, I started transcribing things before I knew that that's that it was called transcribing. Like, uh, I would write down like rock beats and and just try to notate things that I was hearing in high school, and then I realized that it was like a thing you were supposed to do. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a mixture. Yeah. So it sounds like, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like about as long as you've been around the drum set, you've had like the language to be like you, you've been reading, reading and writing. Oh, like notation. Yeah. 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 I've had that from the beginning, which I'm very grateful for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's been extremely useful. So at that time, was there like live, was there like live music in the picture? Were you seeing drummers, jazz or otherwise that you were excited about? Uh, not in high school. I grew up in the suburbs and I didn't, I didn't go to shows as a, you know, as a teenager in the suburbs. Right, right. Uh, let's see. I guess the first live music would have just been in college at like concerts of, of people in 
college and then local local gigs that people had. Uh huh. Uh huh. But yeah, then not as much until I moved here. So just like peers were really the first people yeah. you were seeing yeah, play. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um. And 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 so, like when. So, so, so the the live, the, you know, the, they're like really absorbing stuff live. You said started when you came here, and that was when was that? Twenty eleven. And and was that like? Did you already know from records and stuff who you were coming here f- to go see? Yeah, like who I was the- very like. It was it was pretty specific. I mean, not not as far as you know, like I can't name a list of specific people, but. All my favorite records before I lived here were like, oh, these guys all live in Brooklyn. Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. I I need to be there. Right. It was very, yeah. <laughs> and then, and would that have been sort of like the the Tim Burns scene, things like that, or like what, what who were what were some of those records that were that were? Yeah, I guess. Uh, well, a, a lot of a lot of. I mean, I don't I don't want to define it too much because it's always going to be leaving people out. Sure. But like, this the sim faculty right for instance like I, I saw this sim website when i was in rochester and i saw the faculty list and i didn't realize it was a summer program i thought it was a college and i was like oh my god all these people teach at this college how did i not know about this i have to go i have to go there like i have to transfer from eastman <laughs> and then i found out it was a summer program so uh that made a lot more sense and but yeah a lot of, a lot of those a lot of those guys so did you, like, did, did you attend that? Did you? I did. You I did actually went twice. You went twice. I went in 2007. I think I was like 21 or something. And then I went again when I moved here. So the first time was during college. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and was was there, like, what was happening there that maybe, like, wasn't happening in 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 music school were there was there like specific things you were taking away from that that were new or I uh, yeah it was just kind of just thinking about everything in a much more open way everything mm-hmm. was really just like ripping apart any like any any mental things ways you were thinking about music that were holding you back just kind of like opening everything up and rebuilding it from from nothing, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was really, really healthy. So in music school, was there like, was it a thing where you were playing in like a, you know, like I know at the new school, for example, they'll have like, you know, the Art Blakey combo or the this, like, w- w- was it that, w- were you playing jazz that was that traditional in music school? Uh, yeah, although our, uh, <laughs> our combos, which we, we weren't allowed to call combos because... <laughs> <laughs> Harold Denk was like, you can't call them combos. They're like those snacks you buy at the gas station. It's uh, very true. So, Delicious. So they they were called JPWs, Jazz Performance Workshops. Nice. And they were. It was a little bit more open. Like they weren't they weren't dedicated to specific bands like the Art Blakey Ensemble or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But we would check out repertoire from various, uh, you know, bands of jazz history. It's great. So, so you enjoyed playing in like a rep, reper, repertorial type of way. Oh, I mean, re- I mean, sure, because like I, I think that's sort of what college is for. Like all sure. the stuff that you're interested in, you're gonna figure out on your own. Yeah. Like that's not what you're paying to go. Yeah. Have somebody else, you know, just say, oh yeah, do the thing you're interested in. 
It's like, yeah, well, of course you should do that, but also, like, here are things that you wouldn't do on your own. Yeah. So, I, a, lot, a lot of people hate that, but I, 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 see, the, I see the benefit of it. I, yeah, I think that's a good point, because like, you hear about certain, I, like, I won't name certain schools, but you hear about certain <laughs> places where it's just, yeah, just explore, and it's like, yeah, at a certain point, you do have to kind of be told, you know, you, like you said, you have to be told to do things. I mean, I mean, like, like, so... Was there, so playing, you know, I, I guess we'd say like, you know, traditional jazz or straight ahead jazz or something like, like, were you also taking that and like writing your own music, like in that style? You play- I didn't start composing until my senior recital. And then when I, I had, I had to do my senior recital, I didn't want to do, I wanted to do something that wasn't standards and so that sort of made me write other music mm-hmm. just so that I could like play what I wanted to play. Right, right, right. So, af- and then after that, I was like, oh, this is, this is great. Like, I, I love writing music. Mm. And then I just sort of, you know, it's like an addiction. W- was that, was, was that music, did it bear any resemblance to like where your music would go? Uh, no, actually. And, <laughs> You know, Matt has Matt Mitchell has said this, like, how did like your earlier tunes and then when you started writing like you write now, there's like not something in the middle. There's not like a gradual transition. Like you just started like writing like this. Like what what happened? Like he, you know, he, right, right. Well, what what did the what did the early stuff sound like, or what was? Uh, I I guess it's like when you you like something and you write like your version of that tune. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I had like a, a tune that was sort of like a, a tune in three that was vaguely like a Brad Shepik tune or something. And then I had one that was vaguely like a Balkan tune. I, I was listening to Pechora, that, that band. With, right. Yeah. Sure. Um, like a straight eighth note tune, a tune that was sort of like in Oranetti type of like swing but free melody type of tune like like tune types you know uh-huh. just like your version of these sure. things that exist so i think i think those are all like out of the way now <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. You said I had to get that out of your system yeah yeah but well, well so all that music you're talking about like um you know uh brad shepherd or ornette or any of that stuff like was that just were other students were turning on that stuff or you're doing your own exploring or like where was the discovery part of it coming from if it wasn't like through uh, the I, curriculum? I guess I guess at that point I had gone to sim. Okay. So that was one thing. Right. And actually uh, the, the first experience I had where someone else played something I wrote was Ralph Alessi in a lesson that I took with him uh-huh. which is really cool for like the first experience of somebody yeah. else like playing a thing you wrote and he started improvising on it and nice. I was like holy shit you don't even need me to like make up chord changes yeah, you can yeah. just do it yeah yeah and, like just stuff like that really early on when I was younger yeah that had a, a really good effect on me so you you had like a duet type of lesson or something oh yeah like I was playing the bass line to this tune on piano oh gotcha and or I just I showed him I'm like I wrote this this thing I don't really know like what what it is and he was like, can you play the bass line? And I didn't know what was going to happen. So I just started playing the bass line. And I, th- I thought maybe he was just going to play the melody. But then he like was like, he improvised on it for like a while. Nice. 
I was like, holy shit. Because also at that age, like, I hadn't heard a lot of awesome trumpet players mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Li- like in person. Right. So, yeah. So, so in the context of that sim, like, were there, like, is performance a part of that? Or did you get to, did you get to? Yeah, we had, we had concerts. Um, we, I think the first time I went, we played something of, I was in Mark Ducre's group one nice. of the weeks, which was so great. I love Mark Ducre, huge fan. Uh, we played a piece of his, and then I think the week before that I was in Ben Street's group, and we played a Paul Motion tune. The second time I went to Sim, I I feel like we played originals or maybe one thing of Tim Burns. I was in his his group one week. Uh, this is so funny. I was thinking we were going to talk about like Revenge and Pissgrave and Tetragrammaton. We'll, we'll get to all that. <laughs> this is- it's like Eastman and like Sim. <laughs> <laughs> There's room. There's room for yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but that's like that does sound pretty incredible. If you were like, so you you were listening to these people prior, like you you're familiar with them, like as a listener or fan, and then you were actually like just in their ensembles. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really cool. At a certain point, you know, you, you moved to New York, and then you know, how did it how did it move into like, you know, leading your own your own bands like here and and continuing your composing i guess a lot of it is if you're not immediately when you move here getting hired by people where you're you're playing music that's sort of like what you want to do the only way to really make it happen is to to write it yourself and make a band uh so yeah that <laughs> right you, so you're just like I've, I've got to generate some material here yeah and, and I was already into writing that even if I was getting hired a lot it's I still would have been writing my own music but if you know it's just even more so if that's one of the only ways you can be playing it something like sure what you want to do so so when you got here is that when you would say that the type of music that's on mannequins like began to develop yeah and there's there were some things like even pre-mannequins like i had uh a band with uh do you know landon knoblock i I know the name yeah yeah uh like he played like roads and stuff um josh reed a trumpet player Mm -hmm. that used to live here who's in uh out at the west coast now um and Adam Hopkins. So I played with Adam before the mannequin stuff. And yeah, so there were, there was a lot of music that's not even really like I have it documented on Bandcamp, but it's not really like a right. You know, like a official It's not, it's not like an official record yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I'm wondering like like okay, so you know, you're 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 playing like somewhat traditional jazz in school and then you're you're getting to to know other things with the to the context of sim like I guess you know, kind of in line with that that question about how Matt was saying, you know, where's the middle step? Like, how did the music get so um, involved or complex, like to what we hear now? I think, I think a lot of it comes from when you listen to music that stretches your ears, or you practice things that stretch your ears. 
you kind of get addicted to this feeling of having your ears stretched. Mm -hmm. And so there's Mm -hmm. this like pursuit of like this, this feeling of rhythms that like, like have a feeling where it's, it's, it's really hard to describe, Mm -hmm. but it's like you crave more. It's, It's like you're getting calibrated farther and farther into this, these other rhythms and sounds. So that was coming more out of like just like personal research, quote unquote, than it was like hearing other music that used well, those things. Well, well, no, because it's. I guess that's that's partially what I'm saying is when you when you listen to music, and you listen to more and more music and crazier music, it it you you get calibrated to that. Sure. And that stretches your ears, and. Yeah, so it, it it definitely comes from listening to a lot of other music. Were there certain things that made might have like specifically led to like that body of work, like that maybe turn on a light bulb or something like that? Um. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. It's not like there's any one or two things I could point to, but uh, I guess I mean just just like the the people that I'm around, what they were doing, um. You know Matt and and Tim, uh, Jim Black. Uh, yeah, there's. It's hard. Like I'd, I'd have to really like stop and and think back because there's there's probably a lot of things that were going on at the time that I'm forgetting about. I guess I wondered like, like if in the in, in a more like distant past or just like in your musical dna like to begin with like this whole idea of and i know from reading some of your other interviews like this concept of like quote unquote math rhythms or or com- complexity like i it seems like you've got like a like i've 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 read things where you've taken issue with those things being sort of uh like a duality set up between that and, and other types of music or something like that, which, which, or, or like, you know, right. I think you said intellect versus emotion was something that came up yeah. uh, in, in, in one interview. Like what, that's like, where did the verses come from? Like, how are those two things opposed? Like sure. that's, I, and I think, I think we all like every human being <laughs> like innately knows that those things are not opposed. They're, you know, they, they are just as much, like correlated with each other positively right exactly it's just like about but it's just like a thing when when we're talking about music i think it's a trap people fall into yeah but i think anyone like if you stop and think about it like you know those two things are not inherently opposed sure so it yeah it bugs me when like writers especially talk about stuff that way and with math and complexity it's like well like everything's like math music that phrase is so problematic because everything's math. Like, what what does that even mean? Like, math is like the fabric of the universe. No, sure. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it's funny because like I, um, I have like some of the music that I've been involved in has been in this kind of you know this like math rock quote unquote or whatever you know. And I guess to me, it's always been like a thing of like, you know, it can be limiting, but it's also like you know tr- trying to find the ways that like that tendency kind of kind of stretch through different genres of music or something and not just like specifically what people call math or like, like there are things in led zeppelin or something that you could say are quote unquote mathy or something like that i guess i'm wondering like 
like from a like without putting a phrase on it like let's 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 just take the terminology out of it like was there earlier music like when was the first time you remember being like excited by like rhythmic um let's not use the word math but like like, like but some other like rith- interesting rhythmic yeah content? exactly where, where it would be like it, it would like um, you say it would recalibrate your ear like rhythmically i I don't know. I guess everywhere along the spectrum from just starting to hear different subdivisions, hearing different odd meters, hearing syncopation within odd meters. Um, I mean, even just even just really like in high school, like learning to play in three, like in a jazz context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like it's just how rhythmically open that can feel if you're also playing really syncopated things and then realizing that you can make four feel that way. And then, uh, phrases where they're shifting over the bar line, odd groupings, and then polyrhythms. I guess that's sort of like the order of dealing with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. probably for everyone, sort of like the most common sequence of learning rhythmic stuff. Right. Right. What was like, was like the the polyrhythms were, were was that happening like in in at Eastman like like or was not I mean I was I had an awareness but no no at, at Eastman well okay I I'm I'm thinking of polyrhythms not as odd groupings but when it's more fast enough where it's sort of like like a tuplet against another thing like where you're you or like it might be slow enough to subdivide but you're you're not thinking of it like like, because you could think of odd groupings as really slow polyrhythms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. N- not that. That was happening at Eastman. But it was more about that. Uh, yeah. Like, that was that was more what it what I was working on. Right, 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 right. But 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 then in, t- in terms of, like, you know, delving into it further in, in the context of your own music, you, like, sort of embarked on, like, a... You're like, I'm going to yeah, go that, that I direction. I actually had, had a, like, a, <laughs> a weekend where... I I did one of those things where you only practice, like you just stop to eat and that's it for three days. And I was isolated and I, I only worked on polyrhythms for like 14 hours a day. Wow. Up to like one through 11, everything against each other. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I still work on that stuff. It's not like I... I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to work on something enough where it really rivals... Or it really like equals, like you've grown up listening to music that's in four, like to have something be just as familiar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that. I mean, and that's sort that's sort of the goal. And there's I have moments now where it's all it's like it's certain things are starting to coalesce, and I'm 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 really hearing things in a more natural way. Like we just recorded Matt Mitchell's new record, right. Phalanx Ambassadors, and a lot of that music has it's really polyrhythmic and the speeds of the polyrhythms are like just fast enough where it's tough to subdivide. So it's, it, you, you're really, you're, you're hearing them. You have to hear them really accurately at slightly faster tempos than you would be able to like vocally pronounce or play the subdivisions. And, and we've been working on that music for like three years and I think 
and you know probably for everyone else in the band too it's really made all of those rhythms like we just hear those and i see those in other people's music and it's like it's it's ingrained right 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 which is really cool because it's taken a, a long time to get some of these rhythms to that place but it's total but doing it with some of the rhythms makes you realize you can do it for anything and the implications of that are are pretty extreme yeah exactly <laughs> you know like the human brain is capable of such a ridiculous amount i mean who knows maybe in like a hundred years we'll have neural lace where everything's just our perception of polyrhythms will be affected by some kind of ai that it where it's just it doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> but it's yeah it's yeah um I guess like so okay so 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 you were saying that before this like metal awakening um that 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 the rock stuff wasn't even really that much a part like a part of your listening or I didn't I just didn't know about a lot of a, a lot of cool music like whenever I would hear a, like rock or like punk on the radio I would be way into it. And mm -hmm, I knew that mm -hmm. that was an aesthetic or a sound that I liked. I just, I didn't know a lot about specific bands. And at the time I was so focused on other things that it wasn't like, like I wasn't like this bored teenager who was just going to pursue looking up who all of these rock and punk bands were. Right. You, you, like you already had, like you were driven to the, to the, uh, to, to like research and study music so you were just kind of on that path and like I like I was I was just too deep into like all the you know sports and school and yeah I just I just sort of figured I would get to it eventually maybe. right 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 yeah. right um so so like what were I mean, what do you recall about like the early exposure to the stuff that you've since gotten really into? Like you, you mentioned like some of these bands, but like, I don't know, that must've been, that must've been kind of striking to hear something like malignancy without necessarily being like having come up through Metallica and right. all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm, that's what I'm curious about. Like, so uh, yeah, I, I have not really delved into early metal bands. I mean, I've I've sort of maybe sampled or like spot checked just to be like, oh, what's that band? What does that sound like? Like, just yeah, have a, a vague idea of like who like Pantera is, but I don't. I've I've not delved into that music, and it's if I in in my course of just like you know little spot checks or whatever had been compelled to, I I probably would have gone deeper but it's not something that you know so so the 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 quote-unquote extreme stuff is really what's like th that 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 set you off a lot more than the, the like yeah so so just out of curiosity like when like acdc or led zeppelin or something comes on at the bar like did, does that does that music like are you into that yeah i'm i'm into it but not in a way where i'm like freaking out okay it's like yeah cool right I'm so down so something happened so, something happened with the with the the death metal or the, the extreme stuff that that it, it, it like hit you in a different way yeah 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think all these things are relative and some music can sort of ruin other music for you. Like, mm. like I remember when, when the most recent Meshuggah album came out, I, I had been really into listening to, like, actually Malignancy and, and a bunch of other bands. And then I listened to Meshuggah and it just, it sounded so weak because I listened to it right after all that other stuff. Mm. Mm. But then I went back and I listened to it again after having taken a break and I was like okay yeah this is awesome right but it it's it's all relative and and a lot of brutal metal can make yeah I mean a lot of music just sounds really weak now (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I mean I still love like so much other it's not like I only like metal now obviously um but yeah it's can have a crazy effect well yeah it's almost like I mean you know it's it's almost like the like a drug analogy or something where like, I can definitely remember when I was younger, like it would be like, okay, I, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, okay, Def Leppard. And then, okay, what's next? And it's like Metallica, then Pantera, then Morbid Angel. Like, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be sequential or, or one replacing the other, but I think there's a certain mindset where you do want to hear, oh, okay, what's the next, what's the next thing? Like, what's the next threshold of this? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like, but but you were saying Meshuggah was was there. You had heard you were into that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just had the the um, Destroy, Erase, Improve, and uh, I can't remember. There was like one. Uh, this was like ten years ago. There was one other one that I sort of started with, and I was like, oh yeah, I see why people are into this. This is cool. But then I didn't really go f- get farther in at the time until later right and, and was that a band where that was just like other people in your orbit were checking it out and you heard the name or somebody turned you on to yeah, it yeah somebody somebody gave me uh it, yeah i was in college it was a, a guitar player friend yeah right and, and, and because as we know now as we know now mashuga has become like they're one of those bands or one of those artists. They're, they're like the way in for for a lot of jazz musicians. Well, yeah, yeah. They're just. I mean, like, like, I, like you. You know, there was a certain time when you could not read a, a jazz interview that would not cite like Radiohead or Bjork. Oh my God! Thank you for saying that. Yes, I was. I was just thinking Radiohead and, and Bjork. Yeah, too. and and Meshuga has <laughs> has interestingly sort of become it's, that. It's the Bjork Radiohead band of metal. Which is like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you could be a lot worse. I mean, they're they're incredible. So it's great if people are, you know, sure, you know, yeah. you, like like if that's a if that's if that's a gateway drug, that's that's you could do a lot worse than that. I mean, yeah. You know. It's it's funny. I feel like they're they're awesome and that they've gotten so much mileage out of their like shifting rhythms over the bar line yep. in 4 but it's like it's all it's all that but it's so you know it's like chunky sound yeah i don't it i mean it's it's great but it's kind of crazy to me that it's how much they do just with with that right just with like a, a sort of a, a core concept or yeah something like that. right yeah well when you first heard them like being obviously so so schooled and so adept at you know the transcribing and everything else like was there a part of you that's like oh i gotta w- were you doing that with Meshuga? like were you trying to figure out like the well you... they're they're a little easier to like transcribe rhythmically than a lot of the other things i was transcribing mm-hmm. so yeah there were some there were some things where i would like jot it down and then realize oh i probably didn't need to write that down <laughs> but 
the like the first few times just just realizing oh yeah it's in four it's just or it's right. or it's it's this and then it resets after this many bars mm-hmm. or it's you know whatever the thing was so Meshuggah yeah. was not they were not like uh b- brain bending to you no but that but it it still feels good it's still right, sure it still can have the ear bending effect yeah even though you understand what's happening it's like it's still it doesn't doesn't change the effect of syncopation yeah yeah um like i guess i like i want to i want to like zero in a little bit more about uh, on this like first exposure to this death metal stuff like how it hits you like what what you remember about that initial like exposure or burst of listening i'm you know as we've been talking about this i've been trying to remember the first metal listening experiences i've had in this like more recent yeah i i I can't even I can't even think of like the f- like what was first. Yeah. It just feels like it all happened at once. Right. And I I don't think I can point to one experience. I guess maybe um the sound of the programmed drums on some agoraphobic nosebleed records really struck me. Just like the chaos. And I actually didn't know they were programmed at first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm like, <laughs> I should, I should just quit. Like, this is... <laughs> and then, and then I, I was, I was relieved when they were programmed. Right, but, right. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's some of my favorite drumming is that, you know, whatever, I guess it's, it's Scott Hall programming. Yeah. It, right. That's, I think so. Yeah. yeah. What are the? I'm I'm not super familiar with that band. Like I've heard. Like what are the? What are the oh, ones? So, like what? What so do you have? So Scott Hall is, uh, you know, Pig Destroyer. From Pig Destroyer, sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a side project that that took off, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, Agor Apocalypse, Bestial Machinery, Frozen Corpse stuff with Dope. Hulk That's right. Reduction. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fifty Altered States of America, or uh, not Fifty. What? F- forget exactly what the title is, but it's like all these like. That one's like the most extreme with like the short tracks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's they're super. It's it's a it's definitely a, a concept record, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's it's tough to pick favorites. I think Honky Reduction and uh, Frozen Corpse are probably like most people that also like them. I've heard mentioned as their favorites. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, so then like, you know, so, so th- those program drums, like, like what, what were some of the ones with, you know, actual drummers? Like, like, oh, yeah, or, like, sure. yeah. Also, I mean, I'm just, you, just also about Orofoc and Nosebleed, like I've, so that was early on a like, high impact and, and I kind of have been revisiting it recently and it, it, it sounds totally different to me now. Like it's really, the, the drumming sounds so much more clear. Huh. Like, like I'm. Like it's not as chaotic as it initially felt to me, and the like the song structures and harmonically what's going on. It's it's a lot more. I think because it feels less chaotic. It like I think in a lot of these bands, certain aspects of the harmonic content are like the last thing you notice mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. the sound is really crazy. For sure, yeah. And so once. Once you're used to the sound, I think it 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 changes changes that. Well, let me get let me think about your uh, real drummer question. Probably, 
uh, incantation, immolation, malignancy, deeds of flesh, uh, wormed, wormed, uh, definitely, cenotaph. Cenotaph just feels like, I don't know how to explain it, like, like home base to me whenever it comes on. Huh. It's, it's, it's so strange. It just mm. feels like a, like a center in my head. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they were one of the first metal bands I checked out. So I don't, I don't know why. It's interesting because reading, I was reading another one of the interviews that you did and you had cited them and they were probably the one on that list that I was f- familiar with the least. I recently downloaded, it was the 2017 album. What's it called again? Oh wait, are you talking about Wormed or Cenotaph? Cenotaph. Because there's two bands called, or multiple bands called Cenotaph. This is the oh, Turkish yeah, this is, band. Yeah, Turkish the form. Turkish band. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I just started checking out that record. Can't remember what it's called. It's incredible. I don't know the years on any of them. Yeah. This was the only one I could find on Bandcamp. So I just grabbed it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I could go check, but. Yeah. It, it, but but it's, it's a, I mean, it's totally, I saw that, I saw actually they played a show with Defeated Sanity recently, some festival in, in, uh, Europe or you know and I was like wow that would have been I think it might have actually been in Turkey okay uh, that they that they played together Um, but yeah I mean it it struck me as well forget where it struck me do you do like like what 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 is what was what is or was exciting to you about that band um the combination of it being sort of like a brutal band with a lot of the the aspects I like of that with the vocals. The vocals are crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's I mean it's got that pitchy thing, but it's also this the sound in the overtones. Yeah. And it, that's that's part of the draw with Wormed for me too. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the some of the craziest. I, I guess I've been lately I've I've been drawn to just some sonically extreme sounding bands like either that have vocals like that or like like really uh like putridity or intestinal disgorge. Yeah. Uh, like that, I don't know what you call that, like that kind of like just low, really fast sounding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oscillating. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's words for all these things. Uh, tetragrammicide has like a crazy sound. Uh, I don't know if you. I'm not familiar with them. Tell me about yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they're Indian. Um, the, the way it's mixed in the sound is just it's like a whole other thing uh incoffination revenge piss grave a lot of these bands were like the, just the vo- like the vocals or something about the sound is really crazy grave upheaval mm, mm. uh so that's that's sort of been one of the things i've gravitated towards more recently and also just going back to a lot of bands that you know i keep trying to check out new shit and I, I shuffle this like giant collection of music and then I also just keep wanting to go back to like, you know, Brutal Truth or Cropath or Malignancy, Wormed in Cenotaph, um, Cannibal Corpse, a lot of just kind of just favorite favorites I keep coming back to. Yeah, I, I, I kind of do the same thing with that kind of music. I feel like those... There's something about metal, extreme metal in particular. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because there's so much information in it. Like yeah. in the same way that jazz is, those records kind of feel like inexhaustible to me. Yeah, like, it takes a lot of listens yeah. for me to really, like I, I'm still, I still feel like I'm, I'm scratching the surface, even on records that I've listened to a lot of times. 
Oh, Orchidectomy. It's another band that I, I haven't heard. What, I, I kind of just about? found out about them. They they have like all the things I like, like the vocal sound, like all these these different aspects of the vocal sound, um, the the band sound, and like the, just like the the structure of the songs. And they have like a good amount of like tempo change, feeling type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they only have one record. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Where, where, they either they just from? started or just broke up. I think, I want to say Toronto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or at least Canada. At least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, a lot of, a lot of this... A lot oh, of no, this. it is Toronto because, yeah, no, I remember now. It's Toronto. Yeah. I, I got to check them out. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm like jotting down all these names because there's a ton of this stuff that I don't know that well. Um, I think... What, what's the deal with Crowpath? Uh, I... I don't really know that they're just I think they're just like this band that's you know like they're like a legit metal band that some of I think just some of the guitar sounds and voicings are like I'm not hearing them in other bands mm, that they mm. I mean there's I would say there's a percentage of their their music like certain riffs that are a little like they're still a little boxy or like okay, yeah, like gonna do that, all right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, but then there's like another percentage of it that's like, holy shit, that's fucking awesome, and yeah, yeah. I'm not hearing that in other bands. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah, it's it sounds like your ear is really drawn to. I mean, the word extreme is very overused, especially in this in this context. But it sounds like you're really looking for something unusual or or just like uh push very far in a certain direction yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely a thing and I, I think maybe there's a connection between that inclination and like tony williams and i don't know like i just i'm sorry i'm just i'm thinking about because i mean i do also like a lot of music like martin feldman it's like the opposite of all this right so I have, you know, there's that too, but that's, maybe that's another extreme. It, yeah. I kind of look at it as almost like a, like a inverse or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of middle, I mean, I like, like pop music too, like XTC or, um, you know, uh, Todd Rundgren or I'm, I'm, I'm actually physically looking at <laughs> It was in my field of vision, uh, A Wizard, A True Star on vinyl, and I saw the record cover, and that's why I thought of it. Oh, nice, nice. Um, yeah, so there's, I mean, it's not like I only like extreme music. Right. So just oh, sure. to have that said, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting question, because like everyone's different. You talk to some people who who might be into all this stuff, and I think that's part of why specifically like this jazz metal thing is interesting to me because you because there are a lot of people who are into one or the other who who aren't into the other you know, you know what i'm saying like like it's or, or, yeah. or, or, like a, a jazz fan who is like who this stuff would just it, it wouldn't even be on the map yeah or, or but vice then it's versa like which jazz do you like though because right. that's that's sort of like one of the one of the things that's like maybe they they wouldn't like they wouldn't care about you know, Tony. Right. Yeah. I don't, I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't, you know, I guess for me, like it's personally, it's hard to understand the idea that you would 
like obviously every person has blind spots, but it's hard. What, what I what's hard for me to understand is this idea of like willful blind spots, where it's like, oh, I don't like that, so I'm not even gonna. Because it seems like in anything you're gonna find the thing that you like and the thing you don't like. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean anything. It, like music's so much a reflection of just what you want to hear in it. Right. So. Right. I I I understand. I've had those feelings before, like when I was young. I I mean I've had that feeling about metal when I was really young. Like maybe eleven, right? Being like, oh, metal! Like, how could anyone like that? That's right, awesome. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you don't have enough life experiences to right. sort of have a way to connect yet, maybe. Or so something. you you actively remember be like having like a yeah. A prejudice well, I had against... it about jazz too. Right. I my high school band director was like, oh yeah, do you want to be in the jazz band? And I was like. I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, "Jazz is stupid. Like, what is jazz even? It's like that's that what when they're when they're playing that thing on the hi hat. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I hadn't heard any jazz. Yeah. I had no yeah. clue. So yeah, and I at the time I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to learn about jazz. <laughs> but you, you can't, you can't know about what you don't know. Sure. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, is I mean, like. These days, like it, like you know, once the metal thing started sort of flooding in, like you've named all these bands. Like these days, is jazz much a part of your recreational listening, or are you mainly like f- checking out the metal stuff more? Um, mainly metal more. Although I did have, I had a couple students uh, a year or two years ago where. I was I was revisiting a lot of jazz because of that, and then it sort of sparked. Oh yeah, I, I kind of want to hear this Miles record. Mm, or, mm. You know. But but no, for the most part now I'm I'm listening to uh, actually pretty much just metal. Oh, and Cardiacs I've had sort of nice uh, Cardiacs re uh, you know another another Cardiacs phase. Right, 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 right. Is that was that like when, like how how did they come? On? Uh, I I found out about them I think through Matt maybe five seven years ago and you know I listened to all of their records at least once but then I listened to Guns like so many times like 50 times I love that record and then I I just recently have been spending more time with uh, Sing to God Uh one and two um you know, it's amazing. I love that band. Well, t- I mean, like, tell me a little more about that. Because I feel like they're a band who the people who like them, love them, and the people who, uh, and then other people just have never heard of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, they have yeah. this weird, like, they're just such a cult band. Like, what, what, like, what would you say about them? Or like, ah, uh, they just, they have, they have a vibe. They have a lot. They have kind of their, their harmonic things that they do. Their, the feel of, they have these like subtle, tempo change type of things that feel really good to me. Uh, that, w- that was one of the first things that drew me to them. And just the sound, the sort of like, there's like a like a punch or a juice to it mm-hmm, or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot, a lot of people aren't into that sort of like, I don't know, how would you describe that sort of like British sounding vocal... Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, the music is incredibly British. Like it's it's like you have to really be all in with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I, I'm I'm way I'm way down. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I've I've heard. I think it was, I think it was Dan Weiss, 
who mentioned it based upon Matt mentioning it to him. Right. I think it was that Sing to God album that I heard. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, yeah, it seems like sort of like some sort of like high speed, like prog punk. It totally like very on edge was how it yeah, struck me. Yeah, yeah, on edge. Maybe that's yeah. that's a good... It's so funny. Every time I think I, I've found out about some music through somebody other than Matt, <laughs> it turns out that they found out about it from Matt. <laughs> right. Well, and it's, I, I mean, he, you know, he worked in a music library for eight years. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's, yeah, certain people are like Johnny Appleseed of, of, yeah, of this or that thing. Yeah. It's a little ridiculous. Absolutely. Cryptopsy. I found about them. I found out about them through Craig, though. And, okay. And Voivod, which... Yeah. I might need to go back to them. They were I was listening to them for a while and and feeling like it was awesome, but I I haven't listened to them in over a year, so it'll probably sound completely different now. Great. I mean, uh, yeah, awesome band. Like like I they're, they're not they're so not part of this like I always call it like the space race of like extremity. Like Voivod has nothing to do with that. Like they're just on their own thing. Yeah. But I wanted to like like we sp- like we sped by a couple of these bands that I'm curious to hear more about okay so like revenge i believe like i'm always curious to get people's take on that band because they strike me as so kind of outrageous even within this field yeah like like what what do you like what draws you to that band i guess kind of just a combination of the sound and yeah, I guess it just sort of like the composite of all the elements, the vocal sounds kind of, I mean, it's kind of, in some ways, it's kind of just like a, a rock band. Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, there's not. Yeah, like they're, they're, the music is can be complicated, but it's not, a to me, I guess, as I think about it more, it's just like this vibe, like it just sounds like, basically, it just sounds like disgusting. Yeah, it's like, a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I always think about that guy as like a, like, I think about him as like a, he has like a whole idea of how he wants the whole thing to sound. It's not like he's just the drummer or the vocal, you know what I mean? He, right. Like, it's like the way like a like a hip hop producer would think or something like that. Like he's got this like overall sonic picture and it's very uh it basically just sounds like gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, in in a lot of cases these bands that I like it's like there's there's not that much more to it than yeah, I just like how it sounds. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But his drumming too, there's something different about it. I mean, like, I, at least to me, I, I mean, I mean, do you, th- is is the drumming something that like sticks out to you with, with him or um, with, with that band? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like in what, like, I, I don't know. I, I think partially it's just like a sound thing, but it, it maybe feels a little bit like there's like a certain type of effort, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it very well. Well, it's, I guess to me, like what I, what I think about when I hear him, it's like whatever. Okay. So this extreme metal drumming thing, it's its own sort of like problematic territory because you basically have a thing that started off a certain way and then has become this codified thing where the triggers come in and you basically, you you can't even trust him. I hear like, what, what are you hearing anymore? And, and people want it to be so um, crisp and like on a grid that you're, 
removing the sense of did you i can't remember what the phrase you you just used uh, something about effort or something or, or yeah it's there, there's just like almost like you can kind of like hear there's there's like a thing that like you feel yeah what i don't know how to say it well i think i mean i mean and i'm not saying this is exactly what you mean but i mean like the the it sounds um it's okay whatever the whole triggered cleaned up metal drum death metal drumming sound is like jay reed from revenge i think of him as like the enemy of all of that like he's basically trying to make it it's like he's returning it to like a punk thing yeah yeah that's 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 it you know what i mean though because because it's just like like it just sounds so um it has this kind of like thudding quality to it and the rolls was like like it's just it's very chaotic yeah i mean and it sounds like somebody who this quote unquote idea of like knowing how to play like it sounds like any sense of of technique or like economy or or how to get quote unquote better at drums would just be like shunned by that guy like like he's not trying to do it any sort of way other than just the way it has to be done or something yeah i mean he's oh he's a he's a badass yeah um yeah that's that kind of yeah like your explanation was that's it have you seen him live no 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 i would love to though okay yeah i i was revenge because some of the stuff i see it like you see it live because revenge is a band you could say oh well would they would that really have the same effect live like i was I saw them twice. One year I went to Maryland Death Fest like almost exclusively because I they were playing and I didn't think they were going to play here. And I saw them another time at Vitus. They were they're they're beyond they're incredible. Like 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 he he is every bit as incredible live as he is on record. Which, that does not surprise me. Which, That's what I would expect. Yeah, which yeah. which was I was really pleased by because I was like I mean it's it, it's it's, yeah, I mean it's that intense. The whole show is that intense. Like it's it's just outrageous. Yeah, you know. Um, I mean, I guess that's another thing. Like, okay, so the Defeated Sanity show. Like, how much of this stuff have you seen live? Just that one concert is the only time I've seen them live. See, see but but like other stuff like this. Or- oh, um, yeah. I mean, I've. I mean, my, my going to shows in general has been a little bit more limited in the past year or two just because of like you know schedule stuff of but course, i was trying yeah. i always try to go in there's like a a band i love that's gonna play um see so yeah, i saw incantation at vitus i saw napalm death at uh some other venue i can't remember where it was it's in williamsburg with uh melt banana and the melvins <laughs> Yeah, was it was it maybe Music Hall of Waynesburg or something? They yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that one. Right, that yeah. must have been an incredible show. Yeah, I noticed the the mosh pit vibe was a lot different. At the, I I can't tell. Oh no, I'm thinking of a different thing. So I saw Pig Destroyer live, and that was at a different place in Williamsburg. So there's, I think, uh, I got to get my venue straight. But the the thing I noticed was that like the the mosh vibe at Pig Destroyer was like people were much more like assholes than like really? that. That like I don't know every show that I've gone to at Vitus, it's been so like like friendly fighting type of yeah, vibe. Yeah, and it just feel it feels so good. Mm-hmm. And 
like people were just like actually getting injured at the pig destroyer show yeah that that line can certainly be i mean that can happen when it's when it's friendly too of course but but it it was less friendly so i was i was kind of bummed because i was like does that have to do with like the fan base for that band or, yeah i don't or know the na- or just like the venue or what like it was it was strange, but that's kind of interesting. That, that, yeah, like the nature of different mosh pits, like it can be, it can seem superficially the same thing, but it can be so different. Yeah, you know, because to me, like at a show, like I enjoy sort of, I enjoy the it being a little bit rough and like jostly, but I don't like there, there's there's a thing where it can cross over into just like danger. And yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah, <laughs> like you know. Yeah, no, you got to. I mean, I've gotten I've gotten like punched in the face by accident in like the most friendly scenarios and then like you know have been totally fine and ones where it's been more violent and it's 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 not like really predictable but i i I try to hang out at at the edge so i'm not like so i can still sort of like right you know push people and stuff no (laughs) i'm definitely not without risking my life (laughs) Uh, yeah absolutely no it's but but but, yeah because like i don't like standing at the I don't like standing in the back because I like being close to the yeah, band. Yeah, I like, I like being up in like the energy of the sound. Yeah, like absolutely. I like. Yeah, that's that's an important part of. So if you're gonna hear it live, like that's that's part of the point. Absolutely, to me. absolutely. Yeah, it's it's funny because I had the time I saw Revenge at Vitus. I saw Milford Graves on what? literally the night, either the night before or the night after. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you saw him at Vitus. No, no, no. I no. was like, no. no I've seen a lot that. of I've seen a lot of like jazz musicians at Vitus, but Milford Graves is not one of them to to date. Maybe at some point he, you know, maybe he'll play there or he'll show up there. But no, he was not at Vitus. Ben Monder was at, uh, no, sorry, Ben Monder was at Defeated Sanity the the, the prior time. Um, but I saw Milford and uh, Jay Reed on consecutive nights. Okay, wow, and. And I was very much that thing you were saying about the, I can't remember how you just put it, but like the, the physical, like just the nature of like what drums are in a room, you know, like I felt like it was something very similar was happening. Like, like being in a room where Milford Graves is playing drums is to me like a very, it's a very special thing that is really, you know, he has records and I, I enjoy them, but it, to me, it's just no substitute. Yeah. And, and like it felt like a similar thing. I was like, Hey, you just have to be in the room. Like, sorry. Like there's really no other way to do this. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? could, I could see the connection between them. And like, two. I felt that there was a similar kind of like the intensity of both their playing in their own way felt. It felt like it was somehow in tapping into something similar, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I could see that. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember where, how we got up. Oh, we were talking about like moshing and all that stuff, but I guess like, so like what are okay so so you said pig destroyer defeated sanity incantation incantation is like they're interesting in all this because they're they're not trying to win any uh competition of technicality or like like they're kind of a primitive band yeah and 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 an old a much older band yeah who like like what 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 struck you about seeing them like uh the the actual concert that i saw the sound was really good. Mm-hmm. And that might have been one of the first shows I went to where that was the case. One of the first shows at all, maybe. And so that that was maybe just an experience of 
being in the room with one of those bands and mm. really hearing it and feeling it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're they're you know they're just them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of what I. I, I like those older bands that just kind of like, they're just like, this is the thing. Like, sorry, this is just what we do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. I think that's like a lot of those older death metal bands. I, I love the fact that, that they're, they're not trying to like, I was just listening to, there, there's a really good interview with them. I love listening to interviews with these certain death metal drummers because, well, for many reasons, because I love the drummers, but like, their attitude towards it is very refreshing. Like for, uh, I was just in, listening to an interview with Paul. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name from Cannibal Corpse, Mazurkowitz. Oh or, yeah, yeah. I, have you I heard just this? Watched, well, I just watched an interview with him oh, on YouTube. Maybe also. it's the same one. Is it the drum? Talk? Is it the one where he talks about uh, everyone's doing horns up nowadays? What well, variety? It like, is. How about just like a fist, like power? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that no, one. Literally the exact. Well, I'm curious. You tell me like what what you took from that interview because I loved that interview. I just yeah, I just liked his attitude about everything. Like he was like, yeah, I just I don't know what I'm doing. I just like do it. You know, just like just kind of self-taught vibe uh like how how he felt like he couldn't be the drummer he's not he doesn't like view himself as a metal drummer he's just like the drummer for cannibal Corpse. yeah 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 right and, and well and also just like this thing of like you know death metal is not a competition about how fast you can be or something like that you know certain, oh yeah yeah certain bands might need might require other things, might require faster things, you know, whatever. But he's just like, no, this is like, this is what I do. And it was kind of like a, a comfort in, in limitations. And like, if you want to even put it that way, but like choosing what your territory is just going to be like, Hey, like, this is my thing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And like, that's what I, and I've heard Donald Tardy from obituary. His interviews are very similar. Like he, He's like, yeah, like, you know, I don't play, they don't play blast beats. Like he just doesn't. And that's just not what they need for their music. Yeah. And they're not trying to like advance, quote unquote. And I think that's, there's something about that where like music that doesn't advance over time can be, that can be a bad thing. But like for some reason in death metal, I'm sure there's other styles like this, but there's something about death metal because you have bands who are around for like a long time who kind of don't change and that's kind of awesome. I think to me that's what's like a weird thing about death metal. Is, yeah. Is it like maybe cuz I don't know, maybe there I guess there's I don't know, is there like are there other styles like that? Like I don't know. I guess it maybe is comparable to individuality in jazz and jazz influenced music but with a whole band rather than an individual. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. But then in like creative jazz music you know whatever somebody who has a similar sound their whole life might sound totally different because of the context they're in with different bands Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that could really totally change it um so i don't know what the equivalent of that aspect would be or if there is one with heavy music yeah i don't know like i guess you could like in a certain way you could say that some of these really personal improvisers maybe like like let's say evan parker like in like a like in some kind of macro way if you heard his playing in like you know 40 years ago like it's kind of he's kind of mining the same territory that he is now obviously there's like refinements and stuff like that but he's not he's kind of like picked a thing to like drill down into yeah yeah 
Um, I don't know. I don't have a working theory here. I'm just sort of like trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it's just over time, like morbid angel in their time versus listening to them now or like earlier, not, mm -hmm. not like their time is the wrong phrase, but, uh, yeah, maybe there's not really an equivalent. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, are are they like what what where do they fall in this whole thing for you? I I'm I'm into Morbid Angel. I think they're awesome. And I guess to me if I didn't if I didn't know that they were like one of the sort of like earlier bands that affected other bands, I might not it might change it might affect how much I like them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You you mean you like them more because because I appreciate I like where like what what they did and right. when when they did it. Right, 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 right. Um, but it's not necessarily like one of the the pantheon for you. No, I I definitely like them regardless of everything. But if I was making like a like a top twenty list, I, right. don't, I don't think they'd be in the top twenty. All the like, have you? Would all the bands that are, are that are really high up on the top twenty have they already been mentioned? In the, or are there certain bands um, that you haven't cited yet? That are... I haven't mentioned Deathspell Omega, who ah. I thought of when we were we were talking about something. Also, I should say, I I still feel like all of this. It's really early on for me still with mm -hmm. all of this music, and like in a month it could be different. Totally, like it's so it's just changing right now. I mean, it's it's 2018, I'm 32. Like, this is where it's at in, now. Yeah, this is, just, <laughs> this is only like present day at the beginning stages. But yeah, uh, yeah, Deathspell Omega are crazy. Who else haven't I mentioned? I'll probably think of someone after. All well, this, Deathspell but. Omega has a has a very different thing going on than a lot of the other. I mean, like what about them? Like Oh, okay. So, I yeah, I've been trying to figure out what's up with the the drums because they're like first I wasn't sure if they were programmed. Nobody really or, knows, I think. Yeah, I think it's like a mystery. So, I was talking yeah. to Alex Cohen and he thinks it's the guitar player playing mm. drums. I mean, because is the guitar player the sort of known member of that band? I think so. Okay. I don't I don't I don't totally know all of this like personnel stuff, but I think I I hope I'm remembering what what Alex said correctly, but I think his theory is that there's something about the the coordination of playing guitar that when you translate to drum like there's certain things you can tell when it's like someone who plays another instrument at the drum set, they they do certain things that are sort of like a, a giveaway to play wow. another instrument. Like Matt kind of has that with piano when, when he sits down at the drums. Hmm. Like he has coordination from playing the piano that like, and he's he's kind of practiced or messed around with drums in college, I think. So he, he has some chops. Like he can he can bust out some hilarious Bill Stewart licks. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> play like, you know, three eight in the feet and play some like, you know, syncopated rhythms over it but uh but you can you can kind of tell he's a pianist right right right, right. I don't know, but, but alex had some theory that there was reason to think that it was the guitar player wow yeah that's, but that's it's crazy to me if that's true yeah that's so amazing yeah i hope it's true 
but but Despel, it's like I think the singer is a known person and the guitar player is a known like like right. if you look on Metal Archives, it'll like tell you who the singer right, yeah. but not the drummer. Right. Right, okay. Yeah, and, no, I tried I tried to look it up and it was Yeah, it's just not. one of those one of those yeah, and, and it's like I think people wouldn't be so interested if the drumming wasn't so incredible. Right. And I th- I think the the mystery and the, is part of the intrigue and Absolutely. That's that's part of the whole thing. Yeah. But to be honest, I only I am not um encyclopedic with them. There's an album, I think it's called Peric- Pericletus. Oh, I won't I won't know. Okay. It's one of those things where it's it's like on shuffle and right. I like it, all the, you can it's see got is like, like the, the band It's is. got like the fire and some some crazy thing that album I got really really into but I don't know all their albums okay so you don't have, I, I don't I don't have specific recommendations you don't have specific ones no. okay I was just curious because because I know people go super deep with them and I only really got into that one record um but like the the other like black metal stuff like like are you as into that as into this sort of the brutal um, death metal yeah I mean maybe not right at the moment but like you know I'm into Dark Throne they're cool uh, mayhem. Who else? With mayhem, is it like all, like all the eras or like specific? There's the how do you pronounce it? Dave uh, Mysterious. Oh, Dave Mysterious. Yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> I didn't want to do it. Yeah. And then there's the uh, the 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 I'm gonna say it wrong. The the chaos or orders. Oh, or, ordo ab chaos yes, or ordo ad chaos. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm like, I've only right. seen these things in writing. Yeah, and I'm afraid yeah. to pronounce oh, who, them. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I could. I mean, yeah. I yeah, no like those those two pretty much are the the only ones I know. Right. Yeah. Which are kind of the two like poles of their. Yeah, and and I I love both of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like I, I I'm kind of like very intrigued by the idea that it's the same band because it's so. You know, and I've talked to I've talked to serious mayhem fans who will kind of like like in the same way that I was saying before how people will write off entire genres. I've talked to like mayhem people who will be like, "Oh, I would never listen to anything after Day Mysterious." It's like, well, some pretty cool stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but they turned they turned into like an art band or something like that. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah. But that's not to say that Day Mysterious is not like an arty record in its own way, but yeah, it's just a different kind of expression right yeah um but like like so 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 have there been other i mean like okay so like being into defeated sanity and then like seeing it like like was seeing any of these bands live like particularly revelatory like being able to like look at uh how do you say his name lil lil i think it's just lil okay yeah like like what was that like seeing him live was that like a like a big deal or or just sort of confirmed yeah. already liked i guess yeah i i don't i don't know if anything's like re- revelatory it's more just like awesome sure just to hear it yeah yeah um i mean like like it's interesting because like we've talked about you talked about transcribing so many drummers that presumably you wouldn't you wouldn't have seen like 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 you wouldn't have been able to see live like like right. who, who are the like who are the jazz drummers that you have seen live that 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 have been like you know oh that was like a you know a pinnacle show or something like, oh oh man this is one of those where if i if i thought about it longer i, I would have more answers just because mm-hmm. it's so far back uh 
But you didn't get to see like Elvin, like like. No, Elvin died when I was in high school. Okay. My mom got me a card. It was really sweet. She oh, was like, man. "I'm sorry, this drummer you loved died." Wow. It, it was like I di- I didn't even like I think she realized how how heavy it was more than I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, who did I see live? I don't. I ne- I didn't see Paul Motion live. That was dumb. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I can't. I can't think of any specific good examples, but I'm sure there have been. Have you seen Roy Haynes? You know, I I feel like I have just because I've seen so many videos, but I haven't. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. I get, he's still 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 playing. I think he's got a show in a couple months. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but 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 like some of these other people, like like you, like like Milford. You know, I haven't actually seen Milford live, but I saw a talk that he did, like a masterclass with Steve Coleman, where he was talking about, um, like the, like if you like heartbeats and like mm-hmm. the sound of them slowed down, absolutely, and, and people's heart melodies and things like that. And that was really cool. Well, it's interesting because we haven't talked about because you were talking about a lot of the um, the jazz drummers you were talking about transcribing were like great you know quote unquote time drummers, um, but like we haven't really talked about like the free jazz thing quote unquote like like is that um like like where does that drumming like fit on your whole you know, oh, it's in map there. of influence? It's in there just as much as everything else and. It might be the closest thing to the energy of a lot of this heavy music, too. It's mm-hmm. just the intensity. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a connection there for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't remember when I kind of got into it. Mm. Yeah, like, I would be curious to know, like, because that must have been you know, if you had a really strong grounding in like the Max and the Roy and the Elvin and all that and the Tony, like it seems like it would be somewhat striking to hear like Sonny Murray or something like that or 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 even motion. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's not I, I guess I didn't I never viewed it as being that different or that separate okay. from traditional jazz. Yeah. I think that's a I mean, that's a refreshing way of thinking about it because I think there's, to its detriment, it's sometimes looked at as being a separate discipline, but I don't think that for someone like Rashid Ali or something that he was like thinking of himself as like a different type of genre or something. It's just right, like a, I, I think I kind of have been like always thought of all of it together because of connections like that where it's like, oh, this Coltrane record has, like, a lot of time playing on it, and this one has, like, a lot of free playing, but they're they're both, like, different aspects of the same, like, Coltrane thing. And then there's, like, Tony playing super free within forms or, or out of forms with Miles. And then there's, like, the fact that there's major figures where they have both time playing and standards and free aspects. Yeah. Yeah. It's and because I was, you know, so into like maybe those two specific examples are, are good examples for this, that, that just affected the whole view. Was, was Tony somebody that you followed all the way? Like, like, are you into lifetime and all that stuff? Yeah. Emergency is one of my favorite records. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 
I mean, like, what do you what do you like about that? I mean, obviously, there's many things to like about it, but like, oh, uh, uh, just the the sound and the feel and the songs, yeah, and the vibe. The vocals are a nice uh, aspect. Uh, yeah, it's it's it is interesting to hear like that kind of more like chaotic thing the chaotic element of his drumming that comes out in the miles like hear what that sounds like in like an electrified context because it, it takes on this like brutality almost in that band yeah because there's there's like these these grooves in this time feel and then whenever there's like a fill or like a transition or like a moment it's like this stuff is like bubbling under the surface and comes out yeah and it's yeah it's it, the just the sound of that is great i i find myself kind of wishing that there were more that he had gone further into some of that stuff like like because you know he had he had so many other great periods and bands and stuff like but but i find myself thinking of like lifetime as like a thing that i would have wanted to hear explored more sure with him you know what i mean was another drummer i was going to bring up like is Tony Oxley a drummer that you're into? Have you checked? Yeah, him? I mean, I I dig his sound. I, I mean, I really just I've I've checked him out. I saw some DVD that he was in with. Uh, I don't even remember. I just kind of remember that. Might have, I want to say Bill Evans? Is that uh, weird? Is that possible? It is possible. Is that uh, even? Oh it, yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, he definitely played with all kinds of people i mean he played you know he played all kinds of straight ahead jazz with all kinds of people so that's certainly possible so that was that was the only time so that was the the first thing i heard of his and i was like whoa his setup yeah because like you could actually see it right i was like oh that's a thing you just play how you normally play but just play what you're going to play on all these different things and it's a crazy sound yeah you don't even really have to do any work besides the physical setup so that that sort of you know, I think about that if I'm like recording in a studio and there's time to like have a crazy setup. Right. Like, why not? Like, just all of all of those sounds. But then, yeah, like with uh, Derek Bailey, those uh, duo recordings. That's the only other thing I've really listened to him a lot on that I can think of. Yeah, I guess I just thought of it because I was listening to Mannequins again, and th- there, there's some where it gets like really tam timbrely interesting like there's a lot of i'm not sure what your what your setup is or what you're using but oh yeah i kind of just use i kind of just have all my stuff at the studio yeah because if you're there for more than a day just camp out yeah (laughs) yeah right it's good and and i i love this you know when i listen to records and there's all of these sounds and it just feels really rich in that way so it's I mean, you can you can kind of do it live without a lot of stuff, also, or you can bring a lot of stuff to gigs. But uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot that's physically in the setup on mannequins. Right, just like different different symbols, different. Oh yeah, like, there, I mean, there, I think I had like a mic stand with like different little gongs and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and hanging from from it, and like a table just like full of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just different implements. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess like one thing we haven't really talked about is the idea of like fusing these things oh, and yeah. whether that's interesting or desirable. Like, are there are there things that you like that draw on both these things, or do you do you sort of prefer it? Like, I'm going to check out jazz. I'm going to check out metal. Well, like, I, I wish I wish there were more examples, but 
it's also fun that there aren't because it means there's more there's more territory yeah. to where like y- you can figure it out without feeling like somebody else already yeah. has done it a lot. Totally. Uh, I think a lot of the times when people try to f- like quote fuse things, it's it can be forced if it's you know I'm only interested in it to the extent that it's just what you're naturally hearing. Yeah, exactly. Although I do, there there is a degree where you kind of have to think about it, though. And you do have to try certain certain things in like a conscious way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like just figuring out. Okay, so I'm I'm hearing this this sound, but like, what are the details of that? And like, figuring out at the drums, especially because this kind of like heavy drumming, like metal vocabulary. It's it's new to me. It's not something that I've been immersed in, like jazz language. Like figuring out how to how to f- figure out what I'm he- like. What are the details of what I'm hearing? Like I I can hear the general sound, but what is it made up of? And like like trying like taking taking a section of something I wrote and like figuring out like ten different ways to play it with like. A heavy feel or like different mm-hmm. different ways to blast through something at the like there is sort of a a consciousness of like thinking about well what like what bass sound makes the most sense like should should kim play electric right or would it be cool if it was acoustic right with his sound and he has a crazy acoustic sound mm-hmm. so and then like matt playing prophet synth that's like any sound but you but without there's there's a physicality of playing guitar that you can't get on a synth yeah exactly it's totally different so yeah th- there are these things that are just like i'm trying to like let it let it be what it is as far as how everyone plays their instrument and everyone let them have their sound like what their sound is but but figure out something that works for what i'm hearing compositionally I mean, can can you, can you think of, like, what can you think of besides Weasel? Oh, you mean people who are, who are are actually, well, the interesting thing about Weasel though, and obviously his discography is vast, but it's almost like his bands kind of tend to be like, kind of tend to be one or the other thing. Like he has his free, he has his free improv that does, like you say, have, you know, that vocabulary in there. For sure, but then like you know, some of my favorite stuff is sort of maybe some of the like the the uh, Flying Lutenbacher stuff with like Weasel Walt. Uh, sorry, with uh, Mick Barr on it, where it's you know heavy prog. It's not trying yeah. to be free jazz. It's just that, right. you know like like the the new the new Lutenbachers, which I just saw a couple of weeks ago. There's it's it's maybe a little blurrier, you know, because he's got like Brandon Seabrook in there and Matt right. Nelson and, and. Were you at? Uh- What's 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 the venue? Ceremony. Oh no! I wasn't at the Warsaw one. No, I went. I yeah. went to the Warsaw. Oh, one. how how was that one? It was cool. This the sound was a little muddy. Yeah. Just it, it's a maybe it's a weird room, but it was it was really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what that band will develop into. I mean, it's like it's so cool how the Lutenbachers is just like you know whoever's in it, it's kind of a different thing. Yeah. You know, and like. I, I just think he's a great band leader you totally. know? and yeah. a, like conceptualist and like, he's just kind of like, he's really good at like bringing interesting groups of people together and making great things happen. Yeah. You know, 
But what were you gonna say? I was thinking about Grandulina. Yeah. Like their their sound is so like they don't sound like a metal band. But they actually no. like they get lump they get lumped in. Yeah. And compositionally well, first of all it's amazing. I think it's amazing compositionally. That that I mean, their one record Gateway like, to Dignity. It's mind blowing to me. Uh, abs- yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm actually cur- like I'm curious like where how they came on your radar because so many people don't have never heard of them to my dismay. I don't know. They were somehow they made it into my iTunes library years ago. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't think they're a band that you can listen to like five seconds of, and like think. It, and have any sense of Mm-mm. yeah like no. I don't I don't remember how I found out about them actually but it was just within the past year where I I listened to their record and then listened to it a bunch more and just yeah at first I was like oh yeah this is this is awesome okay cool and then like by the end of the first track it was like Okay. All right. <laughs> I, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I yeah. And then by the end of the album like it's just genius. I wish yeah, it's that's too bad that that that's all there is. Yeah, oh yeah, it's 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 I mean they they're are, did you know the earlier band of the do you know Dazzling Killmen are you into them? No, what are they called? Okay, D- Dazzling Killmen. That's okay. that's the band that Darren Gray, the bass player from Granny Lena, was in before. Dazzling. Dazzling, yeah, like to be dazzle, like be, be kill men. Yeah, one word, yeah, kill men. Okay. Um, that's like a whole another rabbit hole we could go down. Um, that was like a a band that was very important to me when I was younger. Um, oh, but, cool. But like, so that's that's how um, that's how Granny Lena like sort of came onto my radar because it was like through that bass player. Um, but yeah, they they had this whole thing where they, um you know, they practiced for years before they played a show and they were sort of like obsessive about rehearsing and stuff like that. But like them live was, was like totally, totally astonishing. Like, like Granny Lena live was like, and it was only for a couple of years that they were playing. You saw them live? Yeah. My, oh my, my old, old band played with them a Holy couple of times. Shit, yeah. Cause, because, it's a long story, but through like personal connections, like my bandmate was friends with Darren, the bass player. Um, and we played with them a couple times. One, one of the times I saw them was at tonic and there were like four people there. Oh my God. Like, like most of the times I saw them, there was really nobody there. I mean, but they were, you know, like we were saying with revenge, like they were, it was, it was as good as you would hope. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fucking insane. Um, Uh. And but I agree with you that that album is needs to be known by more people. Yeah. Um, like it seemed like they found a way to kind of like write that chaotic thing into their music, you know. Yeah. Like as far as I know, that music is really there's really very very little improv in that music at all. Yeah, it sounds pretty pretty composed. Yeah. But but yet they're able to do this like, it sounds like it's falling apart. You know what I mean? Like, like in this weird way of like, the time is so loose when they want it to be loose, and it's so tight when they want it to be tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so everything just like develops in a way that's. I mean, some of the time it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like absolutely. The, 
the rep- the repetition and the the way that it happens, the way things come back. Like, oh yeah, we're not done with this thing yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's that one. Part, I keep that part always goes to my head when I think of like da 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 and then, oh, and, yeah, yeah. and then it'll kind of then there's all that weird and then it's like like those little sounds and then it comes back yeah there's just all these like they make stuff really catchy that shouldn't be catchy in a weird way yeah yeah but yeah it's interesting because I don't always think of them in this discussion but they probably belong in it because clearly it would take all of the music in their background to come up with what they came up with like you would have to be very savvy about free improvisation and also about like death metal kind of or, or, or like some kind of extreme punk or metal it's it's weird because also a lot of the the composing the composed aspects of those songs remind me of things that people are trying to to do now in sort of like the jazz scene mm, mm. or and, and by jazz i mean you know, jazz influenced music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like whatever that even means anymore. I mean, I guess I would say in general, like I feel like more people need to hear that record. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a composition lesson. Else, also in addition to just like a mind blower. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was actually curious about that whole. I mean, not that Granulita comes out of like a scene, but like. Was things like Don Caballero and Hella and like all those type of bands uh, like uh, Don? No, I, I I've never listened to them. Uh, Hella, yes, I have listened to them a bunch, and and they're awesome, and they're they're a band I, you know, after as soon as I said, who else can you think of besides Weasel? Like that that's maybe one of the bands that. Just trying to think of bands that aren't metal bands that aren't. Like I don't know what you call these. Yeah, bands. I don't know either. I and, don't and, who, either. and who cares? But but it, right. But it's sort of, it's still something that's interesting though. Like, yeah. Wh- whatever that zone is. But right. Yeah, Hell, Hell is awesome. Did Did you ever get to see Zach Hill? No. Um, he's he's another pretty incredible like live drummer. <laughs> like like whenever like like now I I think really he's really only playing with Death Grips. Um, it's still great, but it's like seeing Hell alive was was really something. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a good question of like, what, what do you call that stuff? And like, what, you know, I don't know. Cause, cause you do hear, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause it's like stare baby is a thing where it's like, th- maybe something starting to happen where, as opposed to like, cause I feel like there's a thing where all the jazz musicians, you would talk to them and they would just say they were listening to metal, but it wasn't necessarily readily apparent in their music or something like that. Right. And so like maybe something will start, maybe something starting to kind of tiptoe into like, we're entering a new era of like. I've, I'm getting the impression too, that like metal sort of on the upswing in the, in the jazz and creative music community yeah. <laughs> or something or maybe it's trending. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, what I mean, what makes you say that? That's a- I don't know. I guess just different friends and people sort of ask, you know, trying to check stuff out or finding out that more and more people are already into certain bands. Just talk, yeah, just It just comes that. up or something. Yeah. Well, okay, this is so this is like a working theory that I would be curious to hear your take on. Like it's it I guess it seems to me like in this time period, like if you're a person who is interested in like, um, 
music that's really pushing like in whatever zone that might be that like if you really are are genuinely interested in that idea that you kind of have to be paying attention to metal because of of that there's that music is pushing you know it's pushing in a very present way you know what i mean where where certain other it seems like if you're interested in like quote unquote progressive music of any type, yeah. you kind of have to be paying attention to metal. I mean, yeah, would you that's, say that? that's a good theory. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's that's that's a part of it. Do you know Jute Gite? I I know that's the like the microtonal. He, I have no idea what he's doing, but like half of it's like sounds like crazy heavy music, and half of it's like this weird electronic mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. But some of it's getting into this like polyrhythmic layers of things happening and he's he's somebody that i'm sort of viewing in that like on the forefront of everything right like basically he's a composer yeah who just happens to be you know the the trappings of it are metal or something or like i guess oh i don't even uh, or or there's some kind of hybridization going on with the electronic stuff but it's it's actually it's his music's really divided it's kind of like half one thing half the other yeah but they're they're both sort of and there's so much of it. I have to, I mean, I'm I'm still going through it, you know. Right. But it's it's definitely some of the like. Okay, that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and I feel like it's 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 like there's this era now where because of this like band camp thing, like people are they're developing these like enormous bodies of work and these like cult followings like in this very in this way of like a like a person's band camp page has just become this like universe of of you know like diy you know expression or something like that yeah and you can not have to print physical copies yeah and still sell albums yeah you can just like release an album every month if you want exactly (laughs) kralis is an example of a band who's really like you know they've created this whole like following you know based on essentially based on Bandcamp. yeah or, or like you know creating music at their own pace people are like rabid for it you know and and like I don't know. It's just, it's a really, to me, it's really cool because there was this whole thing for a while where it's like, oh, well, you're not going to sell records. So you have to go on tour. And it's like now, I mean, Kralis doesn't really tour that. They're not, you know what I mean? And again, they're not necessarily trying to like make a living off their band, but their fan base gr- continues to grow based on recorded music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. Yeah. You know it's, I mean? Yeah. It's definitely changed things. And like, you don't necessarily, I don't know. It's just, I wonder if, if that, if, I wonder if if artists in the jazz realm will like also start doing that. Yeah, or like be able to cultivate that same kind of um, intensity of fan base through through a platform like Bandcamp. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, you should be able to if your music's like really awesome. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. But there's, I mean, I think in any genre, there's there's a lot that's, you know, doesn't quite pass that bar. So absolutely, and I'm not sure, but it seems like there's more music like that in the jazz world that has like publicity for it. So maybe it gets like talked about mm-hmm. by writers, but it's never going to have that kind of following because you know it's, it's- you know. Well, it's it's a yeah. I mean, I think I think what you're talking about is this is this idea. Okay, like the way that fandom works in metal. Like it seems like jazz 
could maybe learn something from that or, or that, or that, okay. I guess, I guess to flip that around or to rephrase, like the way that fandom is in metal, like any genre or sort of underground type of genre or like art type of genre would be like, an artist would be lucky to have a fan base the way that a metal band has a fan base because they're incredibly loyal and incredibly just like, you know, just like focused on supporting that artist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, does that type, I mean, like, I don't know. Are there, are there things about the way that metal works, like that interacts with its audience that you would, that you're look, would look to like bring into the way that your career works or like how you interact with fans or how, you know? Yeah. I I think there are, there are people in, you know, that aren't metal people that have that also like like Tim I think is a good example. I was going to say yeah. You know, he's Right. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's a reason for that. And I don't know how much of it has to do with like uh yeah, the 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 publicity thing is tricky because I mean yeah, I'm, well, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go too deep into it because well, I don't know what I have to say. Exactly. Well, the, the the Tim Burn thing is it's a great example because he he made that whole you know screw gun and and the kind of DIY aesthetics of it and you know the fact that he made I don't know like he found a way to make to make it seem very for lack of a better word cool um, you know and 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 you know obviously John Zorn has sort of like a self-made empire and he's got his own thing with Zodic and everything, but like there's something about screw gun that, you know, is just awesome and it makes you want to support it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now that it's on Bandcamp, it's like, Oh, I want that, 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 you know what I mean? And like, I don't know, there's something about, I agree with you that he's like, he's like a punk minded, <laughs> very advanced jazz musician or something. Yeah. Yeah. But like his his aesthetics are punk in a yeah. certain way. And it it's like the, you know the the music is awesome first. That's obviously step 1. And I don't it's it's tough because like currently in the present you know as everything is now, I don't know if it's possible for you know anyone like to do what he did now, I, I, I don't know. My I guess my feeling about like publicity is that it can be sort of a necessary, useful thing in order to help people find out about your music that want to find out about it. But it's also tricky because there are a lot of things that I feel like are getting pushed that you know, it's like, why, why is that getting yeah, pushed? Right. So it's, it's like, you can't entirely reject it though, because there are some, there are some useful and positive aspects of it. And if you can keep selling records and it allows you to make more music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it allows you to make more music. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I don't think you can really entirely reject the concept of it, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, just or just like it just seems sort of stressful or kind of like 
but I I, th- I think that that's part of the thing with like having a cult fan base. It that's purely like it might. I'm not sure if like maybe that's only possible if you don't ever have any publicity. Mm. Like if you because then all your fans have found out about it through some kind of like word of mouth mm. or other other way that's like really genuine but 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 the weird thing is then it can sometimes lead to great press exactly you know like 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 it's like a band like Kralis is very well reviewed because you if, know yeah because if because if you have that first then it's real and then it's already like a like a known thing that it's awesome and yeah. so writers kind of don't have a choice well it's like a meritocracy it's 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 sort of like it's it's yeah it's it's risen on entirely on its own greatness yeah into in, in, into a into a realm you know and again we're not talking about somebody selling millions of records or something but we are talking about what is like the ultimate currency of underground music which is like peer respect and rabid fans who 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 will buy the next thing because they just they want to support the endeavor yeah you know what i mean and they want more of it to be made you know and and like it's it's just i don't know it's i it's very um it's almost like heartwarming to see bands like functioning like that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, and, and, and it, it's not as common in jazz. I don't think it, it's not quite as common um, to have that sense that it's so, because there's all kinds of other factors in jazz. There's all this, there's, there's, uh, there's, you know, people having jobs in academia, there's grant, there's grants, money and fellowships and all those kind of things yeah. and prize money. And, um, yeah. Is there any of that for like metal? Not I don't really, think- you know, not, yeah. Like it doesn't, it does it still seems like there's, you know, it's not a new genre, but there's not a lot of this. It, there's no kind of institutional. Yeah. I mean, know, who knows? Maybe that's a good thing, but also, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that I feel like should be getting, grants but they're Ab- not in the in the genres absolutely 100 percent. and it's like and that's the thing it's like music that's supported through grants and those kind of things like it's not mutually exclusive like that music can find an audience and float on its own but yeah. like it's it's sometimes like like i don't know that's something that is very attractive about metal is that it's it's kind of just like either the either the public's down or they're not. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's a good filter, like, and I, yeah. I th- it's one of the things where I actually I think you know there's there's a lot of things when people talk about you know like in Canada like it's it's so much better because there's like healthcare for everyone and things that are political. It's like yeah okay there's a lot of like shitty aspects about um, you know the way things are here the maybe one it's not it's not even entirely true because there's all kinds of arguments you can make against it but there is the filter of it's so hard to do it here without you know if you without a grant or without inherited wealth that it's like it only really good music can like it's it's like a it's a filter yeah that maybe doesn't exist elsewhere and I think music sounds different in New York, especially because of that. And and maybe especially in New York because it's, you know, rent is insane and it's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. really, you know, it's hard to do it here. Yeah. Uh that being said, there are also a lot of instances where a lot of awesome music isn't happening because 
people aren't able to financially or for other reasons because of the systems in place here. Right. So, but, but there's, I think there is something to be said for things that filter out music that doesn't quite like pass a certain bar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also there's really, I think, innovative and important music that just inherently is not going to be popular, that does need a little support and that is important. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, yes, there is such a thing as like, you know, inherent value of a thing that's, that is, you know, maybe not going to draw a hundred people the same Vitus on a, on a Wednesday night or something like that. Right. You know what I mean? But, 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 but I, but I think it's like, yeah, it is like the kind of this great question though of, of jazz is like, you know, yeah, just like, you know, audience development or something like that. It's like, you, you know, like, and, and I don't, and I don't mean that in a way of like, you know, like jazz that, like, you know, let's say Kamasi Washington or something like, it's like, you know, has has risen to a certain level of popularity based on like you know certain associations and people hear and it's accessible music and people dig it and that's great but i'm saying like accessible yeah well yeah sort of sure right yeah because it's like you know you put it on and it's like yeah i get this this is like uplifting and 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 whatever but like but like more you know kind of like future futuristic or future oriented styles of jazz or something like that it's it's like you know, the question is like, you know, can the, could could something like that captivate more people? And if so, like how? You know? Yeah. I don't have the answer. I don't know. Yeah. I mean yeah. <laughs> no yeah, I've no no idea. Um but like I wanted to ask okay, so so before you had said something about you had said something about oh yeah, that thing you were talking about, you know, should I have him play electric bass or you know these questions of like how much do you want to take from the thing that you're inspired by into the thing you know how right and a lot of it isn't even like in that specific question i don't even feel like it's taking something the choice to like just the choice of electric versus acoustic is is just 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 that sure 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 and i i kind of I'm trying both in some ways, like exhausting all the possibilities, just like trying shit, mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. what things sound like, see what feels right for a particular tune, you know? But, but like a question that I had with that though, is like, is there a part of you? Okay. So you have this like established thing of playing like the, 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 the mannequins band and, and, and music in that pool. Like, is there a part of you that wants to play, like just be in a metal band? Um, I don't know because I don't know what it would be like. And I suspect that the amount of like time and practicing that it would involve would mean that I couldn't do certain other things, at least for a few years. Right. Like it really seems something like it, like practice eight hours a day for at least a couple of years before I, I could really do that the way that 
I would want to be able to. I don't know. I mean, I actually don't really know. I'm kind of guessing it, those mm-hmm. numbers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I could go that long without doing, you know, without being a, a band leader. Right. Right. And doing my own thing. Yeah. Also, the practicality of also making a living, you know, like I, I still have to, like playing other gigs and learning other people's music takes up a lot of time for sure practicing so right. it's, it's it's really i also don't know if it would yeah i don't know it would depend on the metal band yeah i i mean I, i'm just so far from from that level of uh proficiency though and a lot of what i'm interested on in working on for my own music like if it was if it was sort of the same as what I would need to play in like a, a brutal death metal band, then then I would be more inclined to be like, oh yeah, that would be cool. But because it's so different, just because the like the the rhythms involved in my music, sort of like blasting at those tempos, and this is this tempos isn't really it's more like different like tuplets and like elastic rhythms like the tempo range doesn't go that high and so it would be like a separate thing like really shedding up tempo blasting yeah right 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 right. yeah like developing specific techniques yeah it's, it's a different it's a different muscle group it's a different physical thing and all of this takes so much physical like consistency and ma- like you can't really binge practice it you really have to it's like working out and building muscles yep. in a way yep um like yeah so 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 it's it's almost like it sounds like y- y- it's it's hard to even think about that in the context of like the practicality of like the rest of what you're trying to do right i mean if i if, if i wanted to do it i would and, yeah. I, and i feel like i could it right. would take a long time and a lot of hours but i i you know we're all capable of that sure if you, you want to do something you yeah, can, yeah, you can yeah, do yeah. it it's not that complicated yeah so but th- but it's not. It, I think it would be too conflicting with other things that I would want more. Yeah, yeah, I hear. You. Is, I think the ultimate and, and answer. Is, so so like your your quartet music or like your own music, like in the in the mannequins vein, and then pushing forward. Like that's the that's the thing. That's like the center of what you're doing. Yeah, and and I you know I envision that there there'll be other things too, in in the future. It just it's sort of dependent on. Well, I mean on a number of things like you know my financial situation how many records i can afford to make how many years apart uh that sort of that sort of thing and you know all this who knows i mean in 10 years maybe i'll be playing in a metal band Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i'll have like forsaken anything having to do with jazz (laughs) it could like it could or maybe i'll only be making electronic music like it could be anything right who knows right 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 well, well, yeah, like, I think that, um, that, that brings up like this interesting point that like another, another question I've been wondering, like throughout this whole thing, like, I think I, I wonder this, especially about drummers, but like this whole thing of like, do you think that a drummer or a musician has to, has to choose between these things ultimately, like what they're going to truly excel at? Um, I think that you don't have infinite time, and so you have to choose how you spend it. But, I, I mean, 
conceptually, I don't think you have to choose. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I just like, I guess that's only occurred to me over the years because, because I, I feel like some of the, there's like the true greats in any discipline and I, and they seem so far away from each other and that there's no way those people could do the other thing in some way, you know, and not to say there aren't people who could I, do. I, th- I think give it time and there'll be a lot more examples of people who can do. I, I bet in, uh, let's see how many years am I going to bet? 10 years, 10 years or less. Yeah. There's going to be drummers if there aren't already, and who knows, I there's probably people that exist that I just don't know about who can really like do all these things. Well, I think probably what's happening too is that some of the techniques that are associated with extreme metal are coming more to the center of 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 people's consciousness. It's almost like, oh, I play Latin, I play jazz, I play this, I play that, I play reggae, and I play blast beats because they're just something I might need to do on a gig. You know what I mean? Like it's like there's like this buffet style. Thing that happens where oh yeah that's can, that's no good it's not good <laughs> it's not good but it but it's like metal and extreme metal particularly may, might just start to become more of one of those things you see on the sampler plate you know yeah except i don't know if you can yeah that's i'm not saying that's a good thing because no, I'm, I think I'm, that... trying to, I'm trying to think of like the the physical work involved in playing a really good solid blast beat versus like other kinds of beats where you can kind of you can kind of like fake it yeah, sooner yeah, yeah. with or make other it sound things. yeah like like the way that somebody doesn't know how to play jazz here's my jazz beat you know what i mean oh, like God. like like yeah it's like the yeah just like the fake version of any given thing but i guess i guess yeah. what i'm saying is like how long is it going to be if you, if it's not happening already that like berkeley has a blast beat seminar for drummers or something like that do they not already? i don't know i i, 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 I mean you would kind of assume that they the people go there wanting to play that stuff right yeah i think i think they probably have i have no idea yeah i would guess that they would it just, just seems to be like <laughs> i don't know or they have their extreme metal combo the way they have their <laughs> Art Blakey, come, you know what I mean? Like, is that so far fetched at this point? That I, I don't know. They would have like a prog metal ensemble. I'm trying or to think of anybody I know who went, like went to Berkeley. Yeah, I don't know. We should find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what's the like? The the other question, which we you sort of touched on it though, like, but what is the most? What is the heaviest or most aggressive music that you've ever played to date? Um, I think. Probably, it's not not the metal band I played in in Toronto. Probably Matt Mitchell's Night at the Stone, where he did a project called Disdain, which is new. It's just it's only done one that mm-hmm. one show so mm-hmm. far, and there are probably like free jazz or improv gigs that I've played that have been also that level of like uh aggression maybe not maybe not the like the heavy yeah probably probably the disdain thing actually and i i just remember feeling like i it was hard to play loud enough for the room which is crazy because who would think that about the new school yeah that, yeah, totally. that room like it was 
like having to play that loud and fast for for like an hour. I mean, I guess that's a lot longer than a lot of metal sets, like a full hour. Yeah. I just remember the way I felt afterwards was like I've never felt that way physically after playing. So that was that was probably it. Was that like very composed? Music? Yeah, well there there were two two pieces. Uh it it was yeah, I would say like medium level of you know, composition to improv ratio. Uh one was sort of like a slow doomy thing with some blasting and another was like sort of this long thing where there are all these like loops of things that were different lengths that didn't line up that were happening against each other. Uh, Arabagon was playing Sopranino and Soprillo saxophone. What's that? I don't even it's know. It's the that. one that's higher than Sopranino. Wow, I didn't know that was such a thing. Yeah, I it's I don't think that many of them actually exist. Wow. Like I think in order to get that instrument he had to like I don't know what he had to do. <laughs> but yeah, and, and there was on the black uh, market or something. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, Ed Rosenberg was playing bass saxophone. Uh, Wendy Eisenberg was playing guitar. I mean, like the it was oh, and, and Kim Kim playing bass and uh, electric bass or acoustic. Electric. I'm I'm totally forgetting somebody. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. But yeah, it was sort of like a mixture of different feels and and things happening in that like sort of like heavy zone, but definitely like Matt's yeah. material. Right, 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 right. Which is, it's sort of the same type of goal for my music, except it's very different in the way that it's manifesting for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I uh, hope somebody records that band. <laughs> oh, D- Disdain? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm sure it'll happen eventually. Yeah. There's a... A, a bootleg like phone quality uh, thing. I yeah I like I I there was that whole week was on my radar, like and I really wanted to see it, but I think something else was going on. I just wasn't able to get to certain of those shows. But yeah, that that lineup looked amazing. Yeah, um, and I've I've played in like rock bands and stuff too, but like nothing. I still feel like that disdain gig was just like so intense mm-hmm. that it's like that's actually the thing that's like the most aggressive. Right, 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 right. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah. One thing I was going to ask you, okay, because you mentioned Alex Cohen, and I was wondering, like, if you could talk a little bit about, like, you know, how you met him and what what you two have like discussed, and also, like, has there been much other contact with people in the metal world? Um, I met Alex Weber in Baltimore, who subbed in Defeated Sanity uh-huh. on bass. Um, I just talked with him a little bit, and on facebook he's super cool i don't i wish i knew more people in that world and maybe i'll meet more people but yeah alex i took a lesson from alex when i was starting trying to like i wanted to make sure i was sort of practicing the right things in the right way for this double pedal stuff and yeah he's super awesome and helpful and has been a great resource for like like technique related stuff um yeah like any any specific I mean I, there's there's a lot to like just trying to think of everything that that I've talked about him with. Oh oh yeah yeah no I I was really just curious about like yeah like 
I mean, did, did you did you seek him out based upon like seeing him with one of these bands or just just just? I think just like knowing that he subbed a malignancy tour. Sure, was like you're like yeah, you okay. know, <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. So you want you wanted someone who had really, yeah, like functioned in that setting in like a native metal setting. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly. Right, right. And somebody who who was sort of known for like like technical stuff and having really. Like, not just somebody that's, like, self, who, like, figured out how to do it, but maybe, like, I think it's possible that there are drummers who don't know exactly what they're doing. I, you sir, know? Yeah. Like, they like they can do it, but they can't explain to you, like, which muscles are contracted or relaxed. Yeah. And it it helps to, like, have somebody be like, no, for this, you're not using your hip flexors at all. Or... You're only using your hip flexors mm-hmm, for this, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like things like that are they're really specific, like that. Is he a jazz trained drummer? Uh, I I think he went through the ringer at uh, I forgot which school he went to, New School NYU, one of those, mm-hmm. one of the New York schools, right? Possibly multiple schools. I don't I don't I forgot. Yeah, but I, he went he went through like. Some some program I'm sure he can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean I don't, I don't really know, but he I mean he took he studied with Dan Weiss and everything. Ah uh, so. okay okay yeah interesting. Um, yeah I've I've heard him I guess I heard him with Piron. Oh yeah. Um, and then I think I saw a malignancy show where he and Kenny Grahowski were like switching off. Oh, uh, was it his birth? No, it wasn't his. No, oh, no. I was at one malignancy show. Oh yeah, because it wasn't Kenny. But Alex was there, and it was his birthday. Okay. And he had, like, a cone birthday. <laughs> nice. It was great. Malignancy was just, like, shouting him out all night. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, they're, they're a great band. I'd like to see them again. It's been a little while. Yeah. And I haven't delved into their records as much as some of these others. Um, let me see if there's anything else. Um, yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot of stuff here. I think it's been, it's been awesome. Um, unless there was anything else that you wanted to, like, that came up that you wanted to talk about. I don't think so. I yeah. think we... Seems, that's it yeah cool yeah. <laughs> cool 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 yeah I, I, th- this has been great I really appreciate you taking oh, yeah, the time thanks, to do this thanks for yeah thanks for doing this absolutely And that's it for episode two. Thanks so much for listening. Huge thanks to Kate for her time and stay tuned for the next episode of the Heavy Metal Bebop podcast coming soon.